Welcome to Sunstorm, where we get real about what's happening in the world and what we're doing about it, because we are the light in the storm. Hey, I'm Alicia Garza. And I'm Mai Jen Poo. And we are here doing this podcast. It's here, it's here, it's here, Sunstorm. Finally, 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 Sunstorm is here. I gotta say, it feels right to be doing this here and now at the top of 2020, which is a pretty freaking monumental year for us and for the country, really. It's a huge pivotal moment for us, it's true. But before we get into all that, Alicia, should we tell our listeners a little bit about ourselves? Maybe I can just brag on you for a little bit. I'll take a humble brag. Why not? I love it when you do that. (laughs) Okay. Well, there's a lot that you should know about my sister, Alicia. And most important to me, she is one of the best friends you could ever ask for. Literally the first person I call when something crazy happens and I don't know what to do. And I don't know how I would have made it through all of these years and this craziness without you. But for those of you who don't know her, she is an organizer of organizers, like a master class in all that is social change. And you will know what I'm talking about when you realize that she was a co-founder of the Black Lives Matter Global Network, which has already changed our world in so many ways. Today, she's the head of the Black Futures Lab. She's one of my key co-conspirators at the National Domestic Workers Alliance, where we've been building a big, beautiful movement of nannies and house cleaners and caregivers for years. And Alicia and I are both co-founders at Supermajority, which is a really exciting new organization mobilizing women for the 2020 election and beyond. And if that wasn't enough, she's also a writer, an activist, and totally brilliant strategist helping our whole movement get on track to shape the country that we know we deserve. Oh my gosh, girl, don't stop, don't stop, I'll take it. (laughs) I'm definitely enjoying this. But let me introduce you, because what our listeners will soon learn is that you always shine a light on other people, and you never take shine yourself. So you ready for some shine? I guess. Okay, okay, I got your shine. So (laughs) my friend Ijen is a genius, like a literal genius. She is a MacArthur genius and one of Time 100's like most important leaders of like ever and always. And also she's one of America's leading people movers, thought shapers, and culture warriors. She's a feminist, a labor organizer, the director and fearless leader of the National Domestic Workers Alliance. She's an author. She's a stepmama. She's a partner. She's my friend. And just brilliant, like brilliant, brilliant. She's been making the world a better place since day one, and she is my son in the storm. No, you. No, you no, you. are my son no, in you. the storm. No, no you. you. Okay, okay, so both. <laughs> so that leads us to this show. Why are we doing the Sunstorm thing, and why now? I think we first got inspired to do Sunstorm. It was after the 2016 election after the Women's March, and we were just trying to understand all of the craziness that was happening around us. And it felt like 
some of the worst times. I mean, like literally horrible things that we couldn't imagine, like the Muslim ban and all of these attacks on hard-won victories that have taken us so long to make in terms of civil rights and women's rights. And we saw all of these people step up to try to challenge that and to fight for this country and who we are. Four million people took to the streets during the Women's March, and it was beautiful. In the middle of the horror of this time, we saw some of the most beautiful acts of courage and love that we've ever seen. And I think that was, it made us think about this weather phenomenon that some of you may have experienced, which is when there's this torrential rain, sometimes even hail. It's really storming outside. And at the same time, somehow the sun is still shining. For us, the reason that we started Sunstorm is because we were trying to figure out how it is that we can be our most powerful selves in the midst of complete political chaos. (laughs) Um, If you're like me, you think to yourself every single day, what is going to happen? How am I going to make this work? But yet you're doing it. You do it because you have to. And we want to just shed light on how we do that, right? Because change doesn't require that you are born a natural leader. It doesn't require that you're born like Martin Luther King, right, making big speeches in front of thousands and thousands of people. What change requires is doing what you are doing every single day, which is being the light in your own storm. And that's really what Sunstorm's about. Now is our time. Everything is at stake. So much is changing in the world, and we have the ability to change it in the way that we want. It's really true. And when I think about being alive 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and my kids asking me, what were you doing at that pivotal moment in our country's history? I want to be able to say I fought like hell for every single one of us, and I was on the right side of history. And I think those of you listening out here want to be able to say the same thing to your kids, either present or in the future. And so The question isn't, why this podcast? It's, why not this podcast? The question isn't, why us? It's, why not us? We are exactly who this country has been waiting for, and we're already making change. And the way we do it really matters. There's no reason why we can't change the world and have fun, be inspired, heal, laugh, dance, support each other. That's how we're going to do this. And that's exactly what we're going to do here with you. So get ready for a lot of laughter, a lot of healing, a little bit of shade, a couple of reads, but also inspiration and fun and insight and transparency. I really do think that there are so many badass women out here who are doing amazing things. And maybe some of us go, how do they do that? Well, we're going to pull back the curtains and tell you and show you that actually the way they do it is exactly how you do it. And so hopefully this podcast will inspire you to be even more of the excellent person that you already are. And you might be thinking to yourself, I don't have time for all this. And you know what? We feel you. And part of what we want to do is actually create some efficiency. We want to bring you the exact stories that we know will inspire you because they inspire us. We want to help curate information and ideas and help us navigate the storms together. 
That's right. And we don't just want to talk politics because, you know, you can get that anywhere. You can get it on CNN. You can get it in the newspaper. So we are going to be talking about manicures and our favorite snacks, Fenty Beauty and how it's revolutionizing our worlds. And we're also going to be diving into the things that make us full and complete human beings. So you don't want to miss an episode of Sunstorm. So here we are in your ears at the top of a brand new decade and on the brink of a big massive moment in American history and politics. And we've put all of our how to win brains, bodies, and hearts into this work of making America a better place. And it's got us thinking, what does the universe have in store for us? Are the stars going to align? Are we ready to do it all? Are we ready to win? Are we going to win? So we're calling in some experts. Joining us today on the pod, we have a woman we are obsessed with. Literally obsessed. Literally. Jenny Nicholas. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hi. Thank Hi. you so much for having me. Hi. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So. Tani, everyone knows who you are, but just in case we have like two listeners who don't, <laughs> could you share a little bit about yourself? I'm Chani Nicholas, or some people call me Chan Chan. Yes! <laughs> it me! It me! <laughs> Sometimes Space Mom. Um, ooh, ooh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> it's a total honor to be here. I'm having like a kind of surreal moment. Um, I am an astrologer and I write about astrology and I teach about astrology. And that takes up a fair bit of my life and days. And we're so glad because um, as followers of your astrology writing, I think it's fair to say that I have talked to you many times in my mind before I actually met you. Mm. And... We should just note that it's totally aligned. (laughs) (laughs) Very. So um, let's jump in, shall we? We want to do a few pressing questions because, of course, everybody has questions about you that they want to know because we all just need to get to know each other a little bit better, right? Yeah. Okay, let's start. You ready? Yeah. All right. Favorite song? One of my go-to songs is Stevie Wonder as. Ooh, I love yeah. that song. That's a great one. Yeah. Favorite historical figure? You know, I go to Heschel a mm. lot. So for me, that's somebody who, you know, lived through certain situations in his life, had come with a religious or spiritual context, and chose to, it seems, lean into the place where his privilege could do the most good and then also like left behind what I feel like is a legacy of Judaism that I can actually access. Mm. And I think he, if this is a lofty thing to say, but I do think he makes Judaism accessible for Mm. the modern age or relevant. Ooh, I got shivers. (laughs) I love that. Um, What is your go-to comfort food? Anything with a lot of fat and a yes. lot of carbs. Come so, like, yes. just really direct. Anything with whipped cream Ooh. and berries. Mm-hmm. Also, pie, Ooh. apple pie and ice cream. Oh, yeah. Or pumpkin pie lately. Okay. Or like noodles and cream and some, like a kugel Ooh. is always uh-huh. a good move. <laughs> you better come through with this kugel. Wow. You better come through. So good. <laughs> so, is there an inspirational quote from Heschel that you think of? Yeah, there is the few are guilty, but all are responsible. Mm. Mm. Whoa. Mm. What does that mean to you? 
I think that as humans, our defense a lot of times is to say, well, not me. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. And you don't understand the pain that I come from personally. Mm -hmm. And I think the quote says that might be true on like a on your own personal like experience. But we have a responsibility to each other and to building a society that can hold each other. And so I feel like it's a way of kind of snapping back into my consciousness. Like, what what here can I hold as part of my responsibility mm. to serve this situation? And tapping in into your own agency. Yeah, yeah, I do feel like it has a lot of agency to it. Mm. It's beautiful. Okay, so I get to ask a really fun question, which is about your guilty pleasure. And let me just preface this by saying that, um, of course, for all of us who read um, your astrology— <laughs> I'm sure that everyone who's listening, like me, says to themselves when they read your horoscopes, oh, Chan Chan, you complete me. <laughs> and so, you know, there's ways we can, like, pedestalize people. So I really want to know what Ooh, your guilty pleasure is so that we can round you out as a human being. I feel like living in this world is a guilty pleasure. <laughs> like, I just, like, God, there's so many things I do each and every day that I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> this is really, I gotta, okay. <laughs> Like fashion, yes, horrible. Yes, I have but it's Gucci so on me good. right now. Oh, like you know, so it's good, gaudy and so gorgeous bad. and horrible oh, for the yes, environment yes. and humankind. Yeah, and they're like <laughs> racist and stuff. Yes, like all the things. I understand. Um, so God help us all. <laughs> I understand. Yes. Let's share real quick while we're on the topic of guilty pleasure, Ijen. Oh, French fries popped into my mind, but there's way worse than that. Like, that's so vanilla. I don't even, that shouldn't even It's count. just like surviving. Yeah, the world. <laughs> it's true. Um, my guilty pleasure is that I will get my nails done at any cost. I don't care if I'm late for a meeting. I got to get yeah. my stuff yeah. dealt with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, it's encroaching on. Oh, you're taking animal print to a new level. I am. Okay, so it's time to get it in. Mm -hmm. Although I feel like we just laid a serious foundation <laughs> for a lot of conversation. Um, yeah. You wrote a book. Oh, goodness. And the book is called You Were Born for This. Mm -hmm. Why did you write this book? You were born for this. God, I ask myself that every day while <laughs> writing it, while editing it. I try to answer the calls that come mm -hmm. of my life. And I have a tremendous amount of fear and self-doubt and loathing and all the things. And I try to not give in to that or not stay there. And I try to move towards what seems to be opening. And so there's a, a million amazing astrology books. And not a lot of them were written in a way that I think, reflected a lot of people's experiences or at least considered the fact that we're not all coming from an experience that's that's normalized in mm -hmm. a Western context. I wanted to write the book that I wanted to be like, well, start with this. So it's a book that moves just beyond sun signs and into the position of the planets and how it marks the meaning of your life. <laughs> and um, how I, I'm hoping that through this work that if you're doubting your purpose and what you feel like you need to do in the world, that this book that doesn't know you can be like, but it's written here that this is what you're supposed to do. So get on with it. <laughs> I know this book knows me. I already know. I am dying to read this book. It's on. Yeah. How much of this book is you? How much of it is me? It's 
it's all me. It's it's yeah, you know, I think when you write or create an org or do anything, mm-hmm. it's like takes every single moment you were alive to get to that thing. That's I, right. I was having this moment of extreme difficulty and I was talking to Jenna Wortham. He's an incredible writer and, and person. And podcaster. And podcaster. I love that podcast, Still Processing. And she said something to the note of, you know, you just brought this through your body, this huge thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I haven't thought about that my body had to live from birth to this moment and deal with the impact of all the experiences and get me to class and get me to do all the great things, too. And I think we forget, like, it's also we're in this physical form and our body really facilitates all of this experience. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, both Alicia and I have written books and we both Ooh. can, I think, connect with this idea of like, it is you and the culmination of you and all your influences and you just kind of push it out of you. <laughs> it is like giving birth. And it's I think, more like yanking, I think, you know? <laughs> yanking, yanking. And I feel like we need to have more support <laughs> exactly. around the process of it because it's so harrowing. It is. Was it's it for rough. you? It's really isolating. And isolating, yeah. Is in it? so many ways, like, I feel like all of us in different ways are struggling to figure out how to tell our stories yeah. in authentic ways. Yeah. And that was part of the impulse of writing. And yeah. I'm wondering if you have any advice, having just gone through this process, for listeners who may be trying to figure that out. How do you tell your story in a way that feels authentic and reasonable, given how challenging it is? I think the best advice given to me was that it takes the time it takes. Like if you have a publishing deal, amazing. And also a lot of publishing deal, I think, at least my experience was they tried to push me to do things in a way that I couldn't. I don't have children and I I don't think I ever will. And I think I had to really learn how to protect the creation. I had Mm. to be like back off. It's not ready. And the book really taught me how to stand up, how to Mm. defend myself and how to advocate for the things that I need and that my creative process needs. Mm. And I think our creative process is so individual. It's It teaches, it taught me how to be in a deeper relationship with myself. Mm. That is so powerful. Well done. Chan Chan, you complete me. Chan Chan, <laughs> you complete me and you complete us. And I feel like there should be a drum roll here because apparently there is a book with our readings in it, Aww. a.k.a. we, too, were born for this. <laughs> so let's dive into astrology, yeah. which I think is something that people both have a lot of misconceptions about mm. and also um, like any fascinating and healing art, mm. um, it can be craptastic mm-hmm. or it yeah. can be yeah. authentic and wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Like everybody's not actually an astrologer. This is a science and a craft, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so what, makes a good astrologer. Yeah, I think it's the same as any profession. I think 
you have to do something within a dedicated fashion for a long period of time without expecting any accolades from it. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be in it for the thing. You have to you have to do it for the craft of it. Mm. And I think the only reason to do something like this, like anything outside of a already pre-made structured norm, it's like you have to really want to do it because you have to struggle and suffer and do all the things with it and through it. And it's different now because, I mean, for anybody who had a profession before the Internet, we are living in a different universe now. Mm-hmm. So you can make things cute and flashy and interesting and even really relatable and they can become popular. And I think that that all serves a purpose, but it's I don't know if it's going to carry you anywhere that has depth and meaning for you and the people you're working with. I think you really have to be married to the things that you want to do and go through all of the ups and downs Mm -hmm. that you would Mm -hmm. in any relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think it takes stamina and, and a real deep interest in the human condition. Like being an activist, a writer, an artist, you get better over time because you live through the stuff. You're like, oh, that's what they were writing about. I was just going to say that that sounds a lot like activism and organizing. I know, me too. I was thinking right? the same thing. I, think I so. mean, what do you think are the parallels there, Ijen? Well, I was thinking that, you know, you can learn the craft, that piece around just a deep interest in the human condition yeah. was something that really resonated with me because you can learn the craft of organizing or mm-hmm. activism, but if you don't love people, it just, there's limits to what you can do. You mm-hmm. just have to, at some fundamental level, mm-hmm. love people. Because mm-hmm. why on earth would they come together <laughs> at your calling if they didn't feel loved by you? And can we also just add that if you're out here trying to be Martin Luther King, you're going to be deeply disappointed? Like, yeah, it's not for the accolades. It's right? never for the it's, accolades. It can't be for it's that. It's for the be. thing itself. It's, it's like for the thing. You're the serving. love of people and justice and humanity and the complexity of what it means of to be all human. Of it. Right. All of it. That is the driver. Right. That's so right. if the driver is like, I want to stand in front of a million people you're just going to be disappointed. That's right. You know, or I want a million people to know my name. You're just going to be disappointed. Also, why? Right. right. Why would you want your name in <laughs> oh, no. a million people? Can we talk but, about that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. but, and also the interior experience. If your interior experience of doing the thing brings you meaning and mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like joy, mm-hmm. then that's what you that do. That sustains you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's what I love, too, about your astrology, because you're like a realist about it. You're like, look, mm. this is a guide, not a mm-hmm. script. Yeah. And um, to know it, you must know yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's yeah. an invitation to get to know yourself. Right. In a very honest way. Yeah. But I think there is this misconception, right? That people walk around like, oh, my horoscope said a brick is going to fall on my head today, so I can't go outside. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What are the biggest misconceptions that you find in your work about astrology Mm. that you wish you could just literally like blow up? I think the biggest misconception, which I think my work, you know, doesn't do anything to disrupt is that your horoscope is not your astrology. It's just a little 
love note from somebody who's looking at planets and being like, well, maybe this is how it's going to roll out. Mm. Collectively, we can talk about the moments that we're in, and that might even feel more resonant. But when you read your sign, it's not your chart. Mm -hmm. It's just like a maybe. I write mine as a bit of a meditation. Like, mm. take if anything here, you know, resonates for you, then great. great. And if it doesn't, just leave it and move on. And Ooh, I like that. Don't try yeah. to make yourself it or it make it you. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like people desire too much to give their power away mm. to other people oh and other God. systems. I know it's really profound. And I think astrology is both feared because people give their power away to it and loved because I feel like people can give their power away to it. Mm -hmm. And it's a very slippery slope once you start doing that. And I do not believe that that's what it is meant for. Mm. It's almost what you're, you're saying is it's almost the opposite. Right? I feel like that. That yeah. it's like a little signal yeah. to help you own your power yes. in a different way. Yeah. And you have to do the work. Yeah. What would you say to women who are out there who are new to astrology about the best way to use it in your life? If it's not about giving up your power, mm. then how do you use astrology to help you shine through the chaos and the storms that is life? I think having a reading with somebody is a really great way, like somebody that, you again, you feel resonant with. Um, it's a very Jewish thing and also other cultural religious traditions. But I think working with the moon is a really great way to just like check mm. in with yourself. We have a new moon every 28 days. You can use those frames of reference as a way to do a self check in mm. on a very like kind of mm -hmm. easy, not too hard of a lift kind of mm -hmm. level. But like learning about your sun sign and your rising sign and your the sign that your moon is in and then where all the, those planets are placed in your chart and what that might mean for you. Okay, I have to know now. Um, can you give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. We gotta know. We gotta where know, yours right? are? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you have Sagittarius rising. Yes, I yes. do. So the rising sign I see is a, like a motivating factor. What did you come into this world with? How are you motivated? So Sag is motivated to bring in enthusiasm Yes. And there's a there's a real like positive mark with Sagittarius, right? Like mm -hmm. you're coming in with possibility. Mm -hmm. You're going to open up spaces. Let's talk about what can be done. Mm -hmm. There oh is God. a zest for life that is undeniable. And there is a thirst for the quest. Yes. Ooh, the Give, universe knows. The universe knows. I was born <laughs> <Yes>. for this. <laughs> Give me the best question possible. Because mm. ah. that's going to lead me to the most interesting places. Mm. And I am down for the journey journey. So then you've got right on your ascendance, the planets that were rising up over the horizon are Venus. Mm. Yeah. So I like, hey, boo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Venus rising up over the ascendant is like, you are going to really like me. <laughs> I might it. not care if you like me that much, but you are going to like me <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Because I am here to build connection and relationship. This is totally and I'm a Capricorn sun, so I have really great boundaries and I, I don't actually need your oh like approval. My. But still I'm gonna walk in the room with something quite magnetic. In a nutshell. Then I mean. right beside that is Neptune. <laughs> the planet that really erodes all boundaries. Mm. And makes it so that you could literally go anywhere and you do go everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's also the mark of somebody who's got a little bit of a glamour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a soft lighting. 
it's like a little bit of a mystique because it's hard to actually get a hold. Mm. Oh. So it's it's quite a combination. I'm and not going to give it up for free. <laughs> <laughs> you got to work for this. And then yes. there's your moon is right there. And so this is the moon is the is our body. It's the body of the person that birthed us. It's how our soul gets to live out. Mm. Our soul's purpose is through the body. Mm-hmm. And the moon talks about that. And so you've got the moon right there. And so you've got the two planets that connect us with other people. And that Neptune's involved. So it makes it compassion is key mm-hmm. to everything. It's your ability to be both Again, your Capricorn sun, so the boundaries are intact. But the porousness that's actually right up front is a lot. And like if I was sitting with your parent when you were young, I'd be like, look, this little one's going to feel everything. Hmm. <laughs> and they're going to want to pick up every stray cat and broken winged bird. And Dude, like this is a real thing. in every situation. This is a real thing. This mark is enthusiastic. It's warm. It's engaged. And it really wants to love people. Hmm. You have a, a capacity and ability to do that. But also, I, would, I can't even imagine what people want from you. Mm. That's why I got them boundaries strong. Know. You know what I mean? Thank God for your Capricorn son. <sighs> you have those Capricorn boundaries. And you'd be like, this is my time. Right. This is my fee. This is the structure. No this prep is calls. <laughs> Listen. Yes. Uh-oh. I'm in seven other places right now. <laughs> we have uh, to like process all of that. We really do. There's so much. Can and that's about, just a little snip. That's just like a that's snippet. Like the tiniest, okay, the let's, hear about, okay. let's hear so, about iGen. iGen, February 5th, mm-hmm. 1974. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. We just don't know the time. Early afternoon. Early afternoon, My yeah. mom said, like, between noon and two. Yeah, okay. So I'm not exactly sure where everything is, but what I can see very clearly from your chart is that you're obviously sun in Aquarius, mm-hmm. and your sun is conjunct Jupiter. Mm-hmm. So the planet that steers Alicia's life is Jupiter, the planet of bringing optimism, opening up spaces, bringing abundance. So it's conjunct your sun, so it's merged in with your identity. And so what that makes you naturally is a teacher Hmm. and healer. Mm. And it's in Aquarius. So Aquarius is like, give me the data, give me the facts, give me the information. I will be able to think my way through (laughs) any problem that you bring to me. (laughs) And I will give you the most intelligent, well-thought-out solution that will not only totally, like, encompass what the thing is, but also talk about how to make it so that it works for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. And having Sun Jupiter magnifies all of that. It demands that you become a very big personality, but it's in Aquarius. And Aquarius actually doesn't like attention. Dude! It's really true! Oh my god! I want to cry! Aquarius is like, I feel so seen! Oh my god! The sun in Aquarius is actually in its, what we call its detriment, because the sun in, Mm. in the solar system is like, oh, Mimi, it's the big diva. But in Aquarius, it's like, I don't want accolades for me. I want to be able to serve humanity, to do the work. <laughs> this is what it's not down for the accolades of it just because it's there. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. And in fact, she won't take it. She won't take it. Of course she won't. She'll be like, no, no, it's everybody. I'm like, yes, no, it was you. Exactly. <laughs> 
And then with this, it let's see, you're the moon in this chart, we've got it at the very end of Cancer. So it could actually be in Leo, but you're born just before a full moon. Mm. So the life cycle that you're in is like about to peak. Oh. Like there's this feeling of intense expectation, like the body about to give birth. And so it feels like there, you've gotten, you have so much to give and you've got to like prepare the space of your life to be able to give forth of the thing. So there's probably always been a sense of urgency with you. A <laughs> 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 need to like get everything ordered and in a very Aquarian way, it's got to all be like structured and make sense and be very well thought out and intelligent. <laughs> and also... The moon belongs in Cancer, and that's all about domestic work and life. I can't. (laughs) So would you say that there's something about your life that wants to focus on and take care of domestic realm? Whoa. This makes a lot of sense to me about why we're friends, too, all this stuff you have in Cancer. Yeah. and All my besties are Cancers. Oh, interesting. Also, iGen has Venus in Capricorn, so that sits with your sun. Hey, boo. Yeah. Yeah, super oh, cute. Five. It was meant to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's what's so interesting about what you just did with us. Mm. And I know there's so much more. Yeah. The whole time you were talking, I was thinking to myself um, about what you were saying about people giving up their power. Right? Mm. And in some ways, the analysis of our charts really helped me to think about how I can lean into mm and not fight the things I was yeah. born into. Yeah. And I wonder if that's the feeling that we're going to get from your book. <laughs> I hope so. That's what I really wanted. I yeah. really wanted to just be like, you were made on purpose mm. for a reason. I've counseled so many people over the years and so many people feel guilty that mm-hmm. they want the thing they want. Mm-hmm. And I'm always just like, why? Mm-hmm. It's here. That's what you're supposed to do. Also, I want you to get to your purpose as quickly as possible because then I want you to use it to serve the world in some meaningful way. Mm, beautiful. So getting caught up in the minutia of self-doubt and all that stuff is really just delaying mm-hmm. us creating spaces of justice and healing and getting on to rebirthing the world. Mm. Okay, I'm not going to ask you to be a future teller, but um, what do the stars say <laughs> about what's but coming? tell me about... <laughs> One of the big things that's happening at the end of 2020 is that a huge cycle is ending and beginning. (gasps) It's a cycle that people for thousands of years over many different cultures and places have taken note of. It's when Mm. Jupiter and Saturn come together. And it happens in different types of increments, but this is the ending of a really big cycle. And so what it says to me is that it is imperative for us to all be on board mm. and for us to all take on the roles that we know we ca- we have capacity for and we have some sort of need to fulfill in mm. the world mm. and that it is on all of us mm. so that y- maybe you're not guilty, but you're responsible mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> for birthing this year in the way that you most want for yourself and your family and your friends and your communities and generations to come. Wow. Basically... Channing just came out here and said, find your lane and get in it. <laughs> yes. It's all I mean, hands on just deck. Just break it all the way down. Yes. It's like, it. quit playing. We all have work to do. So find and a lane. The yeah. universe 
is counting on us. The universe is conspiring for you yes. to yes. find your lane and get in it. Yes. And everything is in Capricorn this year. Of so course. You, of course. my friend. <laughs> I got wow. us. And I then it all us. moves into Aquarius. So the next couple years for the both of you are really important. Can we just quickly name, like, what's one thing that's going to go for you in leading into 2020? Self-doubt. Ooh. Ashe. Um, busyness versus purposefulness. Ugh. Mine is refusing self-pity for the things that I have said yes to. Come through. And taking full responsibility for everything that I say yes to. Oh. And that's it. It seals the deal. I'm doing it. No second guessing. No self-doubt. Just do. Ashay. Oh, so good. Okay. So we wrapping this thing. Go to ChaniNicholas.com. Don't play yourself. Go get yours. And get that book. Get that book. You were born for this. It's everything you need to know. Correct. <laughs> and we all want to know what we were born for mm-hmm. and what our lane is so we can get in it. And, and busy. be the light in the storm. And Channy, you Little red Corvette. You <laughs> are the light in the storm. Thank oh you goodness. so much. Thank Such you an so honor. Much. What a joy. What a Thank gift you to so have this much. time with you. Oh my goodness. We love you. Love you too. <laughs> and to all of you lovely listeners, write to us, tweet to us, tell us about how you are making your way through the storm. We are Alicia Garza. And I Jen Pooh. Hashtag Sunstorm. We cannot wait to hear from you. Ciao. Sunstorm is a project of the National Domestic Workers Alliance. Sunstorm is executive produced by Alicia Garza, Ai-Jen Poo, Christina Mevs-Abgar, and Jess Morales-Riquetto. Sunstorm is produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lehrer of the Mashup Americans. Our production team is Jocelyn Gonzalez, Shelby Sandlin, Mary Phillip Sandy, and Mia Warren. Original music composed by Jen Kwok and Jody Shelton. Giving us the five minute sign, and I never want this day to end. I'm about to like <laughs> throw know. a toddler temper tantrum. I really might just this fall out. The best ever. <laughs> 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 <laughs>